0: On the throw to first base. And the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. We're where you want to be. Baseball with the Royals. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals Podcast Apart. The Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. I do want to say on the front end of this podcast, today's episode came out a lot later than usual, and that will be the trend moving forward for Mondays and Wednesdays. Look for it around 3 o'clock. You should have a new episode of Locked On Royals every Monday and Wednesday, and then Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, same time in the morning that you should expect this podcast. On today's show, we're going to talk all about The weekend series that has not yet completed due to the wackiness of a 60 game season against the Minnesota Twins and all that went into that as well as wrap up some injuries that happened with Kansas City and talk about one big storyline from inside this division with the Detroit Tigers. But we start with Game 1. Now, it was scheduled for Friday. It gets rained out, so you get back-to-back off days, which helps a lot with a team like Kansas City that has had to use their bullpen so much. And we're coming off prior to uh, these off days in a row this week. Prior to this last week, they had played 17 straight games and, and had been using their bullpen uh, at a clip higher than any other team. So this these off days were very important for Kansas City. And Mike Matheny has, had scheduled to have an opener with Ian Kennedy on Friday. Of course, that got pushed to Saturday, Uh, and I understand it. I understand why you do this with Ian Kennedy. You need to get him going. You need to get him playing better baseball. Uh, My question is, and of course it did work, he pitched phenomenal as an opener, Uh, but uh, my question is, is this all he can be? Is there something about him psychologically this season that won't allow him to come out of the bullpen? Because uh, this is great for the Royals, that he's a good opener. And I think if you would have had Junis follow him, you would have probably won that game instead of going to a bullpen uh, that kind of got rocked a little bit by a, by a just devastating Twins lineup. Uh, you know, but obviously, Junis at the back spasms will be on the 10-day IL. Uh, Junis has looked phenomenal. His first two times in the lineup, and that third time is whenever he gets in trouble, having an opener for two innings like Ian Kennedy, who just carved up the Twins for two innings, that eliminates that third time through the order for Junis. It makes perfect sense. If you're trying to win a baseball game, that's the best way to do it whenever Jacob Junis is on the mound. And for Ian Kennedy, he'd been struggling in that pull pin. He's been struggling in high lever situations. He's been a starter before. Why not let him start the first two innings and then pull him after that? So in a vacuum for this season and for winning with the Royals and for being competitive with Kansas city, this is a brilliant move by Mike Matheny and a move that I've been calling for for a long time. uh, Ever since Kevin Cash was the first manager to truly adopt this theory that was uh, born years and years ago uh, around the sabermetric community with Brian Kenny uh, and things like that. But, but Kevin Cash was the first one to really implement it uh, into major league baseball. And now we see Mike Matheny doing the same thing. I I really like just, the move itself. Now, here's the thing for Kansas City, and this is what they're going to struggle with for these next two weeks is balancing what's real and what's fake. Balancing being in the hunt and being a team that should sell. And that's not, you know, that's not anyone's fault. It's not Dayton Moore's fault. It's not Mike Matheny's fault. Uh, but the bottom line is the trade deadline is a month after the season. And maybe after you get done with, you know, another series after today with the Twins, another series with the Reds, maybe uh, you're. Your competitiveness, your your ability to contend will be more clear in what's happening. It'll be uh, it'll be a better decision-making uh, moment at, the, at that 30th deadline. But the trade deadline's coming, and the Royals are not out of it. But we can all agree they still have a lot of room to make up, and they still got to show that they can play consistent baseball. So my thing with this opener with Ian Kennedy is, it works great to win a ballgame for Kansas City, but does that, does that submarine his value? Now, the flip side of that is, he was doing that on his own, coming out of the bullpen. But if he can only succeed as an opener, what team is going to trade for him to be an opener if they can't trust him in that bullpen? What, what team would want uh, to trade for an opener? I don't know and I don't think you get anything back for an opener. Now, Mike Matheny can easily say this is a one-time deal. I want to get him back on track. I want to get him uh, to have an outing where it's clean. He looks good. He can prove to himself. He can still do this, and then we're going to put him back into the bullpen like his normal role, and that would be fine as well. Uh, But... If this is the only way that Ian Kennedy can succeed, it obviously helps Kansas city. It obviously makes them better because you have now turned someone who is not pitching very well into an asset for you. That's a brilliant job by Mike Matheny, but moving forward, if this season is continuing, it's going to continue the way it's going right now. We're treading water and it's more about development, which is totally fine. What we all expected to happen, then you would need Ian Kennedy to perform in that bullpen that we can trade him and get something for him. Now, uh, Aside from all of that, you've been lucky that other veteran arms have stepped up. Trevor Rosenthal. If you want to go and sell at the deadline, if Dayton Moore wants to make a trade, he can get a lot in my opinion from Trevor Rosenthal. Now, you're not going to get, you know, a top 50 prospect. You know, that's just the that's just the bottom line for a old veteran reliever like Trevor Rosenthal, but you're going to get someone uh, who You feel confident as a a flyer. As confident as you can be in a flyer, that's what you're going to get for Trevor Rosenthal, which is more than I think anyone should have expected uh, if they were going to trade Trevor Rosenthal. He's now hitting 100 miles per hour on his pitches in the ninth inning, and he's gotten five saves already for Kansas City. Trevor Rosenthal – has been great. So he makes up for the lack of Ian Kennedy, uh, who was performing very well last year, has not had the success yet in the bullpen this season. But maybe this gets it going. Maybe he needed to see one outing of good baseball, and now he can do that in the bullpen. But again, my only concern with this opener business is if he can only do this in the opener position, in the opener role, he doesn't really have any value around baseball, in my opinion. You're not going to trade anything of note for a designed opener. You're just not. So uh, for Kansas City, though, if they don't want to trade, if they want to try to compete, they're firmly in the mix. They've so far done everything I've said for them to do. Now, they got here in a a wacky way by losing six straight, uh, losing a series to the Tigers, and then sweeping the Twins and then staying stagnant against the Reds and the Twins. Uh, They got here in a... In a weird way, but they're here. They're firmly in the mix. They can make something happen if they can have the pieces fall correctly in September against weaker opponents. You know, I think the Cardinals are really the only test that you have in September. Other than that, uh, the the Indians are playing good baseball. You've proven you can play with the Indians. You can beat the Indians. The Tigers... Still, even though they're on a hot streak right now, on paper, you should be able to compete and win series against the Tigers. And same thing goes for the Brewers and the Pirates and the other teams you're going to face around the league. And the White Sox are on a, a massive cold streak right now, and they're not who we once thought they were. Even the Reds, who you start another two-game set with tomorrow, are not who we thought they were, at least who I thought they were going to be. So they've done everything right in Kansas City to stay competitive. The question is, are they going to buy or sell at the deadline? I think buying is out, but selling is certainly not. Uh, So Ian Kennedy in the opener role is perfect for trying to compete and win baseball games. Uh, In terms of trying to create trade value, I don't think it's so perfect. But on the other hand, neither is him going out of the bullpen and getting shelled. So it's kind of a a win-lose situation for Kansas City. You're winning because of the opener. You're losing trade value because he's an opener. So that's how I look at the Encandy experience uh, as an opener. I do applaud Mike Matheny though, because for at every step of the way for better or worse, he has done what he sees fit to win baseball games. He has, he has stayed true to his word that this season is about competing. This season is about winning. This season is not about growth development uh, or anything like that. It's about trying to win baseball games and trying to be in the playoffs. Now you, you can say that that's silly due to what the talent they have on the roster is or lack thereof, but that's his that's been his big thing since taking over as manager and he's done everything possible to win this team baseball game. So I'll give him a ton of credit for that uh, for staying true to his word and not just feeding the media a bunch of coach speak. Uh, but I did also want to tell you that rockauto.com is a fantastic website. It truly is. Rockauto.com serves all the auto parts you need online for just and they've been doing so for 20 years as a family-owned business. Racket.com for me is the most important website and the best website out there because I know nothing about cars. But at Racket.com, I don't need to know anything. They will give me all the information I need to know. It's not like going to a, a different car parts uh, website or anything like that. I don't need to know what's compatible and what's not compatible because they have this amazing feature that will allow me to put my make, my model, my year into their website and they'll only show me parts that will fit inside my car and be compatible with it. That way I'm not wasting money. And another big waste of money is going to chain auto parts stores because all you're going to do is walk in that store, which, by the way, we shouldn't be doing that right now with what's all going happening on in the world. So you walk in that store, which is already a bad move. They're going to order the part you need online and then upcharge you. So that's a double bad move whenever you go into a chain auto parts store. So skip the upcharge. Go to rockauto.com for an amazing selection with lively little prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Tell them Locked On sent you in the How Did You Hear About Us box. So I I did want to talk about this series, and Danny Duffy uh, wins game two of that seven-inning doubleheader. Uh, He got into some trouble in that game, but was able to navigate out of it, which has been a a big knock throughout his career. It's just unraveling when things get tough, so credit to him for winning that game too. It could have been a lot worse than it did, but he battled his way out of it with some high strikeout numbers. Josh still looks fantastic in game two, and as we mentioned, Trevor Rosenthal got his fifth save in game two, getting out of trouble, uh, and really maneuvering through that Twins lineup. I did want to talk about the biggest story in Kansas City, and that's what happened in Game 3 with Brady Singer. Brady Singer is one of the prized prospects, one of your prized possessions uh, of this organization, and and he was the first of of the group that got called up uh, being on the roster opening day in Cleveland. And in this game, Brady Singer gave up another home run and really has had trouble in his entire career uh, in giving up home runs so far in his young career. And, and I don't think this is something to worry about. I don't think that you can point to this and say, well, Brady Singer's gonna be a flyball pitcher that gives up a ton of home runs because the numbers in the minor leagues do not reflect that. The numbers at Florida do not reflect that. He's not a high home run guy uh, because uh, it's just a, it's simply a small sample size. He, he's one in three, he's one in two right now. He went five innings yesterday, gave up four hits, three runs. Those home runs, and got in some trouble with some walks there as well. Uh, but the the numbers don't reflect at any level of his career that he'll give up a ton of runs. But this is still a small sample size. He's also uh, has some of the highest strikeout numbers, uh, the highest strikeout numbers of any rookie right now, and still the strikeout numbers are competitive with any pitcher in baseball right now. Uh, so you can look at the home run numbers, you can look at the, the strikeout numbers, both of which are a small sample size that I think will even out. I think that this will all even out. Along the way, he gets two more strikeouts yesterday against Minnesota. And let's face it, this is a great lineup. It's no it's no slouch. If you're Brady Singer as a rookie to get shelled by Nelson Cruz or Miguel Sano, that's not something to be concerned about. We knew it was going to be growing pains, but I'm especially not going to be concerned about Brady Singer, who has made what three starts, four starts in his career so far and say that, that he's going to for sure be a flyball pitcher, five starts in his career so far, that he's for sure going to be a home a guy that gives up a ton of home runs when he's faced the Twins twice and the Cubs. And then, of course, the the Indians lineup was, was nothing special. But still, I'm not going to say he's automatically going to be a home run hitter. That's silly to me to look at this small of a sample size and, and to proclaim that's what it will be in his entire career. I understand he got two shots against Detroit, two more against uh, the Cubs, another one yesterday against the Twins. But his last time against the Twins, he didn't give up a home run. He, he's given up a lot of home runs for the innings pitched. I'm not ready to say he's going to do that for the rest of his career. That's such a small sample size and such nitpicking at a 24-year-old. He, he's going to be fine. He's going to be what we all think he is. He's going to be electric but you're going to have these growing pain moments uh, like the home runs and like the runs given up that he's seen so far. Uh, But speaking of of young pitching, the Detroit Tigers today called up Casey Mize, and and they also have more young arms on the farm like Daniel Manning, uh, and and I believe they called up another another young arm uh, today as well. But Casey Mize is, of course, the headliner, one of the best prospects in baseball, one of the best pitching prospects in baseball, and he'll start on Wednesday. The AL Central is going to have a ton of, of great arms. I mean, you know the names for the Royals. Uh, you can also throw in there Shane Bieber, Mike Clevenger, uh, if he can never come back or whatever happens with his career after what's happened uh, for him the last couple of weeks. Casey Mize, Daniel Manning. I mean, the the Central Division is going to have a ton of good arms in it, so it's going to be fun to watch them all grow, and that's something you need to keep an eye on It's the Tigers calling up Casey Mize. The series is not over between the Royals and the Twins. The Royals will play the Twins again tonight. Uh, and that'll be at 7 o'clock. So it'll be a four-game set that started on Friday. I hate that about this weird schedule. Uh, the seven-inning doubleheader did not bother me. I thought it was fine. I thought especially for a doubleheader in a normal season, you need to do this, much less a 60-game season that's seen so many delays for other teams that will eventually catch up to them. I'm fine with, with just playing seven innings. The the guys do this throughout their entire career until they get to the big leagues. I mean, you're, you're playing 17 doubleheaders in, in high school, in college, uh, in minor league baseball, and all of a sudden you go up to nine innings in professional baseball, uh, we can just cut that down to seven in a normal season, I think. Uh, but I, I didn't mind the 17 doubleheaders. It was fine. I do – it's kind of still weird, though, that this series started on Friday and it's not going to end until Monday night. It's usually uh, not that way. So it's kind of a bit weird. But nonetheless, it's fine. It's baseball. We didn't think we'd get it this year. And so the fact that we're playing baseball at all is just gravy. But I do, again, want to thank everyone for listening – This show has been awesome in Kansas City, growing each and every day, the only everyday podcast about the Kansas City Royals. So be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked On Royals.